This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. WBBM News Time 1203. Good to have you with us for the Tuesday edition of the Noon Business Hour. I'm Cisco Cotto. The Noon Business Hour is presented by Republic Bank of Chicago. Travel Tuesday. How to get back into and out of Europe. Also, more unruly passengers on the airlines now that things are getting back open. Chicago-based McDonald's set to launch its first ever nationwide loyalty program following months of testing. We'll tell you about that in our next segment. Right now, the report on sales of existing homes highlights today's data. Gus Fauché is here, chief economist at PNC Financial Services in Pittsburgh. Gus, give us the lowdown here. What's the thumbnail of this home sale numbers? Um, so we saw uh, sales of existing homes fall for the fourth straight month, uh, and prices are up by about 24% over the over the past year. So uh, what's going on is that higher prices and limited inventory are discouraging some sales. Uh, that being said, I do expect sales will pick up later this year. And, I mean, going forward, I mean, they've been gangbusters, right? So is this a little, a little bit of a surprise here, this number? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, obviously, supplies are very limited. Uh, there just isn't a whole lot of inventory out there. Uh, and then also prices have increased and mortgage rates are up somewhat, so affordability is down. So uh, those factors are weighing on home sales. But I do think that we will see more inventory coming on the market later this year. Uh, that'll give uh, buyers a little more choice. Uh, and then also, uh, I do think that you know strong uh, job growth, uh, way, uh, wealth gains from, from higher stock prices, those are also going to support home sales later this year. So I think just taking a breather, but I think that, that housing will remain strong through the rest of 2021 into 2022. Because of fewer units, are, are we still seeing those prices rising? Yeah, we've seen very strong growth. They're up by about 24% over the past year. Um, some of that is people buying more expensive homes. Some of that is, is home prices going up. Uh, but we are going to see uh, an increase in, in new homes for sale as well. And so that'll help reduce some of those price pressures. Now, how important is it to the wider economy that we get home prices higher? The reason I'm asking is because, I mean, believe it or not, all these years later, you still have some people who are still underwater from the big market drop more than 10 years ago. That, that, that's right. And, and certainly if you know, rising home values make homeowners wealthier, that encourages consumer spending. Uh, that's important over the longer run. Um, you know, I, I think if you look at affordability, it's still much better now than it was, let's say, in 2005, 2006. We don't have those big oversupply of housing that we did back then. So I still think the housing market is pretty well balanced. It's just working out some of the kinks tied to the pandemic. Uh, but I don't see any signs that the, the housing market is in danger of crashing or anything like that. Yeah, interest rates budging a little bit, uh, still at historic lows, and yet all, all they have to do is go up a little bit, and that phrase, historic lows, doesn't mean much. You just know that they're higher than they were last week. 
Uh, that that's right, but still, you know, still down from where we were in, let's say, 2019, early 2020. Uh, you know, that that is that's one of the factors that's been driving house prices higher. Um, but but still very very low, and I still think conducive to a, a solid housing market. Thanks so much for all the analysis, Gus Fauché, chief economist at PNC Financial Services based in Pittsburgh. Just ahead, McDonald's looks to award customers for their loyalty. Also, Bitcoin not doing so well. What's up with crypto these days? Chicago-based McDonald's joining other fast food and quick-serve restaurant chains, offering a loyalty program to customers. Let's find out about it. R.J. Hadavi is here, an analyst at Aaron Allen Capital Partners here in Chicago. R.J., tell us about the McDonald's loyalty program. What are they going to do? Yeah, it really is the the first time McDonald's has ever done a loyalty program, and it's based uh, on a lot of the same uh, loyalty programs that we've seen in the quick service space. You know, based on the amount of purchases that you make. But the one feature about this one is that it allows you to customize what you actually can redeem for. Um, you know, you have the option of different products that you you'll be able to choose, which I think is a, an innovative way to to add some engagement uh, to the to the loyalty program. And this has proven to be so important with other companies. I mean, it was something McDonald's had to do. Yeah, I, I really have. And it's an extension of what we saw during uh, the coronavirus pandemic, where most customers were doing uh, orders, placing orders mobily um, or digitally. And you know, I think this is a way that, you know, now we've got, you know, customers engaged. we got to keep them coming back and offer them more things. So McDonald's is by no means the only company doing it loyalty program. Um, and a lot of the companies that have already had existing loyalty programs are starting to add enhancement. Uh, Chipotle this morning, for example, announced that they're going to add a game uh, on top of their loyalty program. Uh, we've seen some new features from companies like Starbucks. Um, and it really is a way to keep that, you know, now that we've got that customer engaged on our platform, our mobile app, uh, or another ordering platform, this is a way to keep them coming back. Uh, and, and really, I think what you're going to start to see, too, is, you know, uh, deals and promotions customized to you. Um, but it really is a matter of, you know, we, we've captured this customer, we brought them in after uh, or during the pandemic, now this is a way to keep them engaged. And to keep them coming back, I mean, for fast food restaurants, maybe even daily, right? I mean, because there's some people where there's breakfast, coffee, what have you, they do end up at a restaurant once a day. It really is it is a matter of trying to promote a greater frequency among customers. I think that really is the end goal for these companies. Um, and ultimately, not not just more frequency, but also you, know, you, you might tack on that extra item or that extra product. Uh, you know, the company would get more out of that transaction when you stop by. Um, so I, I think that that is the, the key here too. Um, and from what we've seen too, I mean, most loyalty programs, um, you know, they do tend to have some stickiness to them. Uh, a good loyalty program is where you see you know approximately three times as much usage as a non-loyalty uh, you know. Uh, Customers. So I think, you know, if we start to see those numbers uh, from McDonald's and others, I mean, I think that'd be successful. Um, and really, I, I think it all comes down to the company, you know, getting out. It is going to get more competitive in the loyalty program space. We're already starting to see it, too. So now it's just a matter of, you know, continuing to innovate behind that loyalty program. In a lot of ways, it's going to remind us of what happened in the, you know, the, the airline space, too, you know, where you start to see different perks and different things offered out. I think you could see the same thing in the restaurant space in the years to come. And that may, in some respects, train the customers to wait for certain certain things until they get those rewards. In a way, it could do that, too. And there are some cautionary tales from the airline industry about uh, what happens with loyalty programs. I mean, you've seen measures in that industry to, to roll back 
the amount of uh, points or, you know, to, to, to reduce the amount of how much points are worth. And so you, you have to be careful about that, too. You, you have to monitor customer behavior very closely because you could run into situations where customers wait for certain promotions or certain, uh, you know, triggers to, uh, to perform on something. So uh, I think we'll continue to see a lot of interesting things, too. But I think the restaurant companies are also being very mindful about the way they roll out these programs. Thanks so much, R.J. Hadavi. R.J. is an analyst at Aaron Allen Capital Partners here in Chicago. McDonald's stock today up about a half a percent, 234.22 per share. Up next, younger investors are increasingly skipping traditional investments. Instead, they're going to cryptocurrency. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. A survey by CNBC finds nearly half of younger millionaires are holding at least 25% of their wealth in cryptocurrencies. Joining us on the McGrath Lexus Business Line, Bill Uliveri, owner of Seneca Capital Management in Glenview. You can find him online at SenecaCapital.com slash digital gold. Bill, always love having you on the show. So what is it? What's the attraction of crypto for the younger investor? Well, it reminds me of a Star Trek episode where Mr. Scott once said, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. This is uh, Gen Z, Gen X, millennials. I mean, they are, this is, this is Mr. Potter versus George Bailey. It's Captain Kirk versus the Kobayashi Maru simulation. You know, they've rewritten the rules of investing, and they're not going to follow the rules that we've laid out before them. You know, so today's investors, you know, they're, they have student loan debt. They experienced the internet bubble bursting and their parents suffering under the Great Recession, the housing crisis, uh, you know, in 2009, 2010, the pandemic lockdown, the Federal Reserve is holding, you know, trillions of mortgage-backed securities on the balance sheet. And so today's investors, they are not, they're going to do it on their own terms. They've rewritten the workplace where they get craft beer and places to take a nap and they can bring their dog to work and they can work remotely. They're not doing it our nine to five. They don't want our ATM machines. They don't want our banking hours. They don't want uh, to spend more for a, a cherry Coke in a movie theater when you can buy a month of Netflix. They're fighting this revolution like American, you know, they're fighting this revolution, financial revolution like bushwhackers instead of like the gentlemanly rule of the pistol duel. Uh, and that's the way I see it. They're just, they're, they know that they're not going to be taken advantage of again. And they're, they're heading toward the exit right now as we speak. Is there currency? Well, no, I'm just, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I thought you were pausing there. I'm, I'm wondering, is there something here to the fact that, uh, you know, their parents and grandparents, traditional investors, we'll call them, they were totally comfortable building wealth over, say, two, three, four decades. And yet the younger investors don't want to wait that long. That's true. And honestly, you know, we always joke, uh, uh, you know, me, I'm a baby boomer. I mean, my gosh, I'll be 62 this year. I've always joked with my children that they didn't care about financial literacy. They didn't care that much about investing. But, you know, today's generation, they do care about it. They see how they feel the game has been um, put against them, and they're, wor they're working to hack the system. We all kind of laugh, you know, like my, my children, when they were in grammar school, at, you know, eighth grade to, say, maybe freshman or sophomore in high school, they were worthy adversaries when I had my internet router uh, locking system, and, and when I block the things that they get to see and the parental controls, for them, it's a game. They want to work around authority. They want to work around the system, and they're winning. And they, they my kids beat me, and they're going to beat the system, and they're going to do it not over this long view 
of zero interest. You know, having a long view is okay when you're getting paid 8% at a risk-free interest rate, or you have a currency that isn't being devalued by $25 trillion continually in this ongoing cycle. You think that they don't see. They see and they know, and they're not going to play, our, they're not going to play by our rules, the rules that we've created for them. They're just not going to do it. They're yeah. doing it on their own terms, and it's exciting. It is. Well, it's fascinating to watch, and and you're right. You do have young people becoming millionaires almost overnight. Thank you, Bill Uliveri, owner of Cynical Capital Management in Glenview. Still ahead, Travel Tuesday, an update on what awaits Americans taking trips to Europe. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Cisco Cotto. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. This is Bernie Tafoya in Woodridge, where tornado cleanup continues and many are counting their blessings. The U.S. will fall short of a Biden administration vaccination goal. It's Travel Tuesday. More countries in Europe are open to tourists. We'll get the latest on where you can go and what to expect this summer. Airlines dealing with a major uptick in the number of unruly passengers. Wall Street, no big movement. The Dow up 30. NASDAQ is up 60 and the S&P up 15 points. Oil is down almost 1%. Sunshine in Chicagoland right now 67 degrees, heading up to a high of 75 degrees. Tree debris pickup going on again today in the southwest suburbs while crews work to restore power to all in the aftermath of Sunday's tornado. WBBM's Bernie Tafoya with the latest. Woodridge Drive in Jonquil Lane has some of the worst damage. Cut up tree trunks and limbs were lined along parkways ready for crews to grind them up. At least one house is totaled. Brian Urban lives a block away and has minor roof damage. He says he was in bed when the National Weather Service issued a tornado warning Sunday night. 
He says that after seeing the damage, he never again will take those warnings lightly. I heard all the warnings. I got the warning on my phone, and honestly, I ignored them. And, and I, now, now I never, never will. Never will. I will be in the basement. Sky Borso says she has had anxiety and knots in her stomach since the twister hit, knowing how close her house came to being damaged or worse. My husband was out all day yesterday. Um, he obviously couldn't go to work, and he helped. And I think when he came home for lunch and he just was crying, it's what hit me because he doesn't cry. The National Weather Service says the tornado that blew through Woodridge and Naperville was EF3 strength with winds of 136 to 165 miles an hour. In Woodridge, Bernie Tafoya, News Radio, 105.9 FM. One of President Biden's pandemic objectives will fall short next month. The White House will acknowledge that the country will miss the president's goal of 70% of adults with at least one vaccine dose by July 4th, according to an administration official. Just 65.4% of adults have at least one shot, and the pace of first doses has slowed to record lows not seen since last year. Even the 300 million dose milestone the White House touted reaching under their administration last week remains unmet. Alexander Tin, CBS News, Washington. It's 12:33. Your best stock option. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Stocks are higher, not much though. The Dow up 31, Nasdaq up 60, and the S&P up 15 points. Now let's see what's going on. The Noon Business Hour presented by Republic Bank of Chicago. Vahan Janjigian is here, Chief Investment Officer at Greenwich Wealth Management. Vahan, what do you make of what you're seeing on Wall Street today? Well, today the uh, the market is focused on the Fed, uh, just as it was last week. Uh, we have uh, Jerome Powell. He will be uh, testifying in Congress uh, shortly. Um, everybody's uh, waiting to hear what he has to say. The uh, prepared remarks were already released. Um, it sounds like the Fed is going to continue to provide uh, stimulus. In fact, uh, in the remarks, uh, Powell says that the Fed will do um, everything it can to support the economy for as long as it takes to complete the, the uh, recovery. That sounds very dovish to me, and I think the market right now is is betting that uh, the Fed will not be thinking about tapering or or raising interest rates. But but as we saw last week, uh, just a hint of doing something like that was enough to cause a big sell-off. Now, I don't want to make too much of one day, but uh, Dow came back pretty strong yesterday. It's holding that today. How important is that, that we hold what we're seeing on the Dow? Well, I think it's very important, but I think we have uh, a lot more volatility because there is a lot more uncertainty um, right now. Uh, the bottom line is that everybody is focused on the Fed. Uh, the stock market has been doing great, uh, primarily because of the expectation that the Fed will not be raising rates, will not be tightening, will not be tapering for, for quite some time. Um, but the fact is the economy is doing well, and there's a, a real valid question as to whether all the stimulus is really needed anymore. So the most important part of today's testimony is not going to be the prepared remarks. It's going to be how uh, Chairman Powell answers the questions. That's what I'm going to be listening to very carefully. Yeah, that's a, a delicate dance, right? Because he doesn't want to be political, and yet pretty much anything he says is going to be taken one way or the other. Absolutely. Whatever he says is going to is going to move the markets. Um, you know, as you pointed out, the market is uh, mixed right now. It's it's relatively flat, but uh, we could see it uh, rally very strongly, or we could see a sell off by the end of the day depending on how he answers those questions. Given that uncertainty uh, with the Fed, with inflation, with the uh, the recovery, uh, all that uncertainty, what, what's your advice to investors in an environment like this? 
the same as my advice is all the time. Make sure you have a, a diversified portfolio that's well allocated. Um, you know, focus on your asset allocation. A lot of people tend to ignore that. That's the most important part of portfolio management. So, so make sure you're not taking too much risk, but also recognize that um, you need to have a good portion of your money in the stock market because stocks are the uh, the asset class that tend to do the best over the long term. Good advice. Thanks so much, Vahan Janjigian, Chief Investment Officer at Greenwich Wealth Management. Just ahead, a double dose of Travel Tuesday, beginning with the fact that Europe is reopening. Some advice to get in and get back out. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Travel Tuesday. Many countries in Europe are happily welcoming Americans and their tourist dollars back to the continent. Joining us on the McGrath Lexus Business Line, Peter Greenberg, travel editor for CBS News. Peter, you're uh, you're ordinarily based in New York. That's not where you are right now. Tell us, where are you? I'm in Doha, in Qatar, um, a place that uh, you guys ought to come visit when you get a chance. It's uh, it's an amazing travel hub. Speaking of getting around the world right now, because you can get to just about anywhere from here. In fact, I'm on my way just a few hours after talking with you to Tanzania. Yeah, I'm I'm very I'm jealous of you just about every day, Peter. I'm just going to be honest. Uh, let, let's talk about Europe here. Uh, Europe, at least much of it, is getting back open. What do we need to know if we want to finally get back there? Well, the European Union has decided that all 27 countries can reopen the vaccinated Americans. Uh, in some cases, you don't have to show proof of vaccination. You just have to basically show a negative COVID-19 test. Some countries may require you to be tested once you're there. You're all going to be required to be tested before you return back to the United States. That's a rule that is not going away. The one holdout over there, and they're no longer part of the European Union, is the United Kingdom. They have not made a decision yet as to when they're going to open for vaccinated Americans. My guess, the magic date may be July 19th. More than likely, they'll announce it then, and it'll be effective about August 1st. So when it comes to the U.K., as far as Americans making plans, do you do you just hold off until they get back open? It, it might be difficult otherwise to have to reschedule. Well, right now, if you book on a U.S. carrier, go ahead and make your reservation because if you have to change, you're not going to be hit anymore with a draconian ticket change fee. So it's my advice to go ahead and roll the dice because you're going to get your money back one way or the other this time. And as you mentioned, the the tests, luckily, those are fairly quick, fairly painless. And if, the, if I mean, if that's what it takes to get things back open, I'm sure the European countries are happy to do it. They're more than happy to do it because no country, well, let's put it this way, we have morphed from a, a public health issue into an economic one, and no country wants to be with another summer of no revenue from travel and tourism. So they're moving as fast as they possibly can to address that. Is it, you know, obviously we're talking about Americans getting there. I'm just wondering what the situation is for Europeans within the EU. Uh, has it been difficult for them to travel country to country, or has it been a little easier? No, it's been very difficult for them. They have a different traffic light system over there. Uh, you know, while countries may be open to us, Portugal may not be open to travelers from the UK. Uh, and worse, there's nothing open for travelers from the, uh, the European countries to the United States right now. We have not reciprocated yet. I think everybody's waiting for the UK decision. Once that happens, then you'll see the president reciprocate by saying vaccinated Europeans can come to the U.S. And has a lot of that been, uh, as, as far as different regions, just what the vaccination rates are like, uh, you know, testing rates, positivity, that sort of thing? It's how they're making these decisions? Actually, no. Uh, you'd, think that you, you, you'd think you'd be right about that. Actually, the metrics have changed. It's no longer based on the vaccination rates of the destination. It's the vaccination rates of the people who want to go to that destination. 
which is why the European Union is open to Americans, because we've got that 70 percent vaccination level. Uh, now, certain places in the world, like where I'm going tonight in Africa, that continent has a vaccination rate that's terrible. It's under 5 percent. But it doesn't stop me as a vaccinated American from going. Just shows you the importance of that vaccination card that you get. You know, there's been this political debate about vaccination passports and, and, you know, some like it, some don't. But that card that you get when you get the shot, if you want to travel, it's going to be a pretty important card to have handy. You bet. And my advice to anybody who's got one is please don't laminate it. Uh, What you want to do is photocopy it three times. Keep one in a safe place. Keep a second one nowhere near your card on your body. And give the third one to your significant other or travel companion. And the reason why you don't want to laminate it is there's a reasonably good chance that four months from now we may have to get a booster shot. And you want that written on the card as well. In Europe, is it just at the airport that you're having to deal with showing that card? Or are there going to be other places where they want to see it? Oh, other places as well. I mean, look, every hotel wants to make sure that their staff is protected as well as their other guests. Uh, Restaurants, not so much. Uh, but once again, once you're within the country, uh, with, a, with a couple of exceptions of some additional testing that might be required, you'll be good to go. The key here is you don't have to quarantine if you've been vaccinated. You don't have to be quarantined in most countries now if you can show the negative test. So things are getting better. Always good to talk to you. Thanks so much. Enjoy your travels. That's Peter Greenberg. He is the travel editor for CBS News. At this time tomorrow, it's Personal Finance Wednesday. Still to come, a second dose of Travel Tuesday. Airline crews are battling more out-of-control passengers. News that makes you money. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The FAA is receiving record numbers of complaints about unruly behavior by airline passengers. We welcome Joe Schwederman, Professor of Public Services and Director of the Chaddock Institute at DePaul. Uh, Joe, I mean, what, what is this here? After a year of not being on a plane, people forgotten how to act on planes? Yeah, I tell you, this story is really gaining traction because it's one thing for the unions to complain, and they have right to complain because the number of really passionate is going up. But now we're seeing airline trade groups uh, getting in the act, pushing Congress to do something. We're seeing about, you know, well over 100 incidents per day. That's a lot of activity of unruly passengers. And it's a really, uh, really tough thing for a sector that's trying to rebound right now. Yeah. How were they able to handle it? I mean, are they uh, wanting to be careful. They don't want video of them dragging people off planes. Yeah, that's right. And I think in the age of uh, instant uh, Twitter feed and so forth, it just turbocharges things. But what, what appears to be occurring here is airline personnel, flight attendants are try to de-escalate the situation when it occurs. But there seems to be a, a growing trend for people, you know, to they think they've been uh, aggrieved to just turn up the intensity to the point where uh, it leads to uh, planes sometimes being turned around, sometimes uh, a police waiting at the other end. And uh, uh, we know that COVID certainly is contributing to this somewhat, but doesn't appear to be related to the need to wear masks and that sort of thing. It's, uh, it's a more general problem. And it's it's just a whole variety of things. I mean, you mentioned it's not just the COVID restrictions. Well, we're looking, I think, if you look at the experience of passengers, and I'm not trying to apologize for anybody because this is really an unacceptable thing, but people are at the gate longer. Uh, The process of boarding uh, planes tend to be packed these days, especially uh, this summer. Uh, A lot of alcohol consumed at the airports, but uh, notably American and Southwest haven't yet resumed alcohol sales, partly for this reason. And United is cutting back onboard alcohol serving, seeing that this problem is uh, heading in the wrong direction. 
Uh, boy, uh, but more fines. I think we're going to see out of the federal government, and that's uh, that takes a lot of political will to uh, you know take somebody to court and, and levy a big a uh, big fee. Yeah, sure does. Thank you, as always, Joe Schwederman, professor of public services, director of the Chaddock Institute at DePaul. You'll find past programs and later today a podcast of this hour at wbbmnewsradio.com and the Odyssey app. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.